and welcome to Elizabethtown Mennonite Church. It's really good to see all of us together here in this place this morning, and others will keep coming in. Thank you to those who came in and rearranged chairs so that it was a little easier to negotiate. I hear this, uh, this Sunday than last we weren't here, but um, thank you to those who took the effort yesterday to space out our chairs and make some rows for us. I want to thank uh, Rosita for putting the verse for the month in, the, uh, in our little mini bulletin, and it's on the back, and I would ask if you turn with me to that scripture, and we're going to read it together this morning. It's Psalm 89, 13 to 15. This morning's message is going to be about Christ as our shepherd. We're in a series looking at the names of Christ, and this will be Jesus as shepherd but at the same time, he is also king, and I won't be reflecting on that part of who Christ is, but the scripture really refers to that kind of image of Christ as our king, as God as our king, and all of the qualities that come with God as our king that we're always in need of. So would you read with me Psalm 89, 13 to 15? Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Lord Jesus, this morning we are grateful. We are grateful that we are a people called by your name. We are grateful that you are a God who continues to seek us out until the very last moment. We thank you that you are a God who has compassion, endless compassion. We thank you that you are a God who provides comfort upon comfort upon comfort. We are thankful that you are both king and shepherd and so much more to us. Thank you this morning for the saints who've gathered here at Etown Mennonite and for those all around the world this morning and this day who are gathering in your name. Lord Jesus, we need you more than we need anything else. We need your life, we need your light, we need your hope, we need your peace, we need your comfort. And you are the only one who provides all of that for us. No one else does, nothing else can. And so this morning as we worship, as we fellowship, as we hear your word, as we pray, as we give, May your word and your life go into our hearts deeply to touch us, to change us, to transform us, to mold us, to make us ever like you on this journey towards the coming kingdom. Bless those who are leading in worship this morning. As we enter that space, we ask that our hearts would be postured towards you and tuned towards the music of heaven. We pray your blessing on the guests who are here this morning visiting with us, that they would feel at home at rest, at peace, and safe in your shelter, in your house. In Jesus' name, amen. There, are, there is a, um, what is it for our offering, Kate? Where is it? There's an offering plate. It has varied in what it is. So there is an offering plate at the back of the middle row for offerings that you can give at any point this morning. If you're here with us for the first time, welcome. We're delighted to have you. Team? 
Good morning, everyone. We're going to start with a hymn. So if we'll have the words up here on the slide, but if you would like to follow in the hymnal, it's 267 in the light blue hymnal, 267. Come thou almighty king. Let's stand together as we sing. this next one, I just want to um, encourage you to think about this past year, and it's definitely been a very strange and, for many of us, difficult year. We've had to make a lot of changes in our plans, and um, yeah, a lot of things have not gone gone how we've expected. But uh, I encourage us to, especially if it's been a difficult time in some ways, to think of it maybe in some way as a blessing to to. God allowing us to um, to test our faith. You know, our, our faith should not be dependent on, and our joy shouldn't be dependent on circumstances. And if we can come through a year like this and still praise our God and bless his name, that we um, that is true faith. So as we sing, blessed be your name, let's just think about the good and the bad of this past year um, and turn it back to praise. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. 
the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will
sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of praise you this morning and your name is powerful god we just pray that we would remember remember the power that you have every day when we when it feels that we are so weak that your name is powerful and that your name can your glory and your power can speak into our lives and and change things god we pray that we would remember that every day there is a I love to hear, I love to sing, it's worth, it sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth, oh how I love Jesus, oh how I love Jesus, oh how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me It tells me of a 
Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect Jesus, early let us turn to 
seek thy favor, let us seek thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our beings fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us be seated. If you're able to kneel with me for prayer, will you do so? Blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. You are our Savior and our Redeemer, the one who restores. You are a gentle shepherd who leads us beside quiet waters. You restore us um, in green pastures. And we just acknowledge that there is no God like you. You alone are our God and our Savior. And I thank you that your presence is here with us this morning. And I just ask, Lord, that as we are gathered here, Lord, that your um, presence would be, uh, by, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would be speaking to our hearts. Lord, that you would be leading us, you would be guiding us in the ways that you would have us to go. And thank you that we can that we can depend upon you, that you are a firm foundation, that you are a shepherd who is also an mm -hmm. anchor for our souls. Mm -hmm. And I just lift up Conrad to you, Lord, as he delivers this word. I pray, Lord, that he would be just an open vessel before you for your word to, to simply pass through him. I pray, Lord, for strength and for courage and for boldness in his spirit and in his voice. You would give him clarity in his mind. Lord, that he would keep his eyes fixed and focused on you, that you would be as a vision before him, Lord, speaking. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you've been speaking to him this week for this message. I pray that he would be faithful in delivering the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Lord, I thank you for my dear wife and her prayers for me. And I give myself to you this morning and pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Good morning, and I greet you in Jesus' name. I was sitting here in the front thinking about the many Sundays this spring and summer that we sat here 
um, about six of us in the auditorium, in the sanctuary, and uh, knew that you were out there somewhere, um, but it's great to see that that somewhere is here this morning, and it's good to be together corporately. I want to thank Kate for her putting together this series for this fall that will go into Advent. It's called Revealing Jesus, and it's the names of Jesus, various names of Jesus that are seen throughout the, the New Testament. This morning, I'm going to begin by reading Psalm 23, then I'm going to John 10, 11 to 18, and then Luke 15, 1 to 7. These are all passages that have to do with Jesus as shepherd, or as God, or, or with God as our shepherd, and of course, Christ is God. There's no, he's not somehow minor, more minor than God. They're all about God as our shepherd, and certainly we can apply Psalm 23 to Christ as our shepherd. And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you came in with. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your week's been like. But I want to, my prayer is that these, the Word of God would give you what you need this morning, even before I begin to share the message that I feel like God has, since God has given me. That His Word that is more powerful and anything else we need would speak to you and minister to those deepest places of your heart where you need that word ministered. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Luke 15, 1-7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. And John 10, 
11 to 18. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. When the people of God were living in the Old Testament in the land of Canaan, after they had crossed the Jordan River, and after the last of the judges had died, the scripture says that Israel had no king and that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. As Samuel the prophet declined in health over the years, the people of God asked Samuel for a king. They said, give us a king like all of the other nations have. Samuel was unhappy with the request, but God told him that it was God himself as the king they were rejecting, and not Samuel. God instructed Samuel to give them their king, but to warn them that they would live to regret their words. And so Samuel anoints a king, a good-looking guy named Saul, who before too long would turn out to be just the kind of king that God had warned the people they would come to regret. A king who rejected God and a king who God rejected. My message this morning is entitled, We Asked for a King and God Gave Us a Shepherd. We Asked for a King and God Gave Us a Shepherd. And so Samuel goes about looking for another king. Try as he might, he could not find one among the sons of Jesse. Not until that shepherd boy was called in from the fields, that shepherd boy whose last thought, probably like everyone else's, was that he would be called to be Israel's next king. But God had had it with kings who rejected him. And I suspect that what he wanted as much as anything else was a shepherd who he he could form into a king. A king who would receive on-the-job training in Yahweh's presence. A king who had learned to live in Yahweh's presence long before he was called from the fields. Not just anyone could be trained to be the kind of king that God knew his people needed. And likely the last individual that folks had in mind would be a shepherd who composed songs while sitting by the sheep on long days in the fields. But God needed someone who was a person after God's own heart. First and foremost who already had an intimate life with God and would lead from that life with God, who knew God and would lead from that knowledge, who had experienced God and would lead from that experience. And someone, when he failed, would be quick to say, I am sorry, who would be a man after God's heart because he was contrite and soft and tender and broken and repentant, 
who would be a worshiper of God rather than a worshiper of the opinions of others. And so God gave his people David because I like to think he knew they needed a shepherd more than they needed a king. And yet until the day of our death, we so often still, like the people of God, yearn for a king and not for a shepherd. But what's interesting to me is that when it comes to the day of our death, we almost always turn to Psalm 23. We could turn to lots of other passages that describe God as king or Christ as king. But what we yearn for on the day of our death is Psalm 23. We yearn for someone to walk with us home. We need to be reminded that Christ is all we need in the day of our death. That he is the shepherd who will supply our every need. For, says the psalmist, with Christ as our shepherd, we will not want or be in want. Our shepherd will supply our needs, but there is more than that here. We will lack nothing. As I was reflecting on this passage this morning, this morning and throughout this weekend, I was struck by this, this sense that we, we, we will not want. There, there's, it's more than just, I'm going to give you your groceries. I'm going to make sure your bills are paid. And I'm, it, it's, it's more than I'm going to supply your needs. It's that you will want for nothing. You will want for nothing spiritually, emotionally, physically. That I am here because I am all that you need. My presence will fulfill every need that you have. He comes to us not checking off a box and saying, have I met this need? He comes in the fullness of his presence, and, and in that presence is everything that we need. The sad thing is that it's often only at the day of our death that we recognize that. We're so busy running around trying to fulfill our own needs too often that it's, it's only when we are quiet and realize that all of those needs don't matter anymore that we really come to understand what we've needed most all along. This week, as you know, Dick Graham went to be with Jesus. Over the years, Dick more than once had responded to me when I would approach him, don't preach at me. And so rather than preaching, I resorted to buying Dick coffee at Turkey Hill and saying hi to his dog, Gunner. When Dick was diagnosed less than two weeks ago with stage four lung cancer, he was told he would have six months to live. And during my quiet time one morning last week, I heard in no uncertain terms God saying, you must go see Dick. Whether he wants to see you or not, you must see Dick. So Heidi talked with Nancy, and Nancy asked Dick, and Dick said that I could come over. And so Heidi and I went and visited. And when we saw each other, Dick was in a wheelchair, and we put our arms around each other, and Dick muttered, now don't preach at me. He chuckled. But I got to the point fairly quickly and asked Dick if he was right with God and ready to meet God. And he said he wasn't sure, but he agreed to pray, and so he grabbed all of our hands, Nancy, Heidi, myself, and we prayed. And Dick made his peace with Jesus in that moment. And heaven rejoiced more than the 99 who didn't need repentance that day at this one who had finally come home. Heidi gave Dick a cross that she's been giving to those who are quite ill. And Dick took that little cross in his hand and clung to it until the day of his death, only five days later. Nancy would tell Heidi that Dick could be seen when he didn't know others were watching, clutching the cross and praying. 
He called his family together at one point, and they gathered around, and he told them, hold the cross with me. And they prayed, and at the end, Dick said, amen. The day before he passed, I read two scriptures to Dick, Psalm 23 and John 14. Both of these are passages about how we get home. Both of these are passages that God gave to assure us that he was with us as we traveled home. Both are passages that provide tremendous comfort for us in the day of our death. Because what we need on the day of our death is not a king as much as a shepherd. A shepherd who knows where to find us. A shepherd who knows how we hear his voice best. A shepherd who knows where the sheep pen is that we need to get to. A shepherd who is guarding that sheep pen for us. A shepherd, as John says, who has laid down his life, or as Jesus says, who has already laid down his life for his sheep so that we can join that fold. With Christ as our shepherd, folks, we are always in a safe space. With Christ as our shepherd, we are always in a safe space, even when the mountains seem to be falling around us. For with Christ, our safety is not measured by whether we are sick or terminally ill. Our safety is not measured by whether we get in an accident and are injured or not. Our safety is not measured by whether we suddenly are unemployed or not. And we could go on and on. Because the safety that Christ provides us is so much greater than so often what we think we need most. It is the safety and security of our souls and of who we are in God's presence. It is the safety and security of who God created us to be, of who we are at the center of ourselves of who we were created to be in God's image, with God's imprint upon us. And we can live within that safety, Psalm 23 promises us, regardless of whether we are dying or living. Amen? That is our safety. I told Dick, and I believe this, one of, those daughters said that, of his daughters said that he was afraid. And I told Dick as I read John 14, that for those who know Christ, the journey from this life to the next is, more, is no more than a simple step, and it is the safest journey we will ever travel. The journey to God at the end of our lives is the safest journey we will ever travel. Though we don't know what that journey will look like, though we don't know exactly what awaits us on the other side, it is the safest path we have ever taken. Why? Because we are being led by the Good Shepherd who has created a home for us, who has already taken that path for us, and who knows the way back home through death. This series sometimes will include testimonies throughout the fall. This morning we don't have individual sharing testimonies, but I'm sharing the story of Dick, and again I'm going to just share briefly about Sonia Martin's recent passing and about Sonia as a way of giving testimony to the truth of Christ as our shepherd. Sonia died several weeks ago of cancer. Her eyes throughout the last year as I read her journal that her mother gave me were open to the possibility that she would not survive her fight. She regularly comes face to face with that in her journal. As last year's holidays approached, she wondered whether they might be her last. On June 9, she learned that she had lesions on her brain. And she wrote, this is sobering. I could be on the brink of death, 
And as I write this song, as I write this, the song is playing, Before I took a breath, you were singing over me. Lord, said Sonia, I'm not finished in this life until you say so. And then I get to heaven and your unbroken presence. So I lean back into your arms and trust you. Since I needed you as much yesterday as today, you sustained me yesterday and you've given me this moment. And so I live it for you. The quality of saints, and I've said this before, whether it's Dick at the end of his life or Sonia throughout so much of her life, is that we surrender and submit to God. That we give up trying to do it ourselves. That we give up saying that we have the strength to do it. That we give up and simply lie down and let God be our shepherd and protect us and keep us. Those who give up, those who surrender, those who submit are embracing that old hymn, Like a River Glorious. And I learned this hymn at Wheaton College in our chapel services, and I love this hymn. One of the verses that I love the most is, Every joy or trial, every joy or trial, falleth from above. Placed upon our dial by the Son of Love. We can trust Him fully, all for us to do. They who trust Him wholly, find Him holy true. Sonia, throughout the private moments with God in their journal, consistently surrendered and submitted to her shepherd. She trusted him. You have the sense that she knew that no matter what came, she would be safe, that she would be okay. And I'll never forget the conversation we had one Sunday after church where she said, you know, people are praying for me that I will be healed, but I don't know that I want to go back to the life I had before I had cancer. I was too busy. I was too hurried. I was trying to enjoy, I was trying to do too much. I am enjoying the pace of my life much more now. You got the sense that Sonia had arrived at that place described early in Psalm 23, that place of still waters, where all true sense saints eventually get to. The greatest danger you and I face is not whether or not we will get sick, even though we're concerned about that and need to be careful about that. It's not whether or not we will be in an accident. It's not whether or not our country will hold together after November. Those aren't the biggest questions regarding danger. Because with Christ, our shepherd, we will be safe regardless. Safe in the deepest and truest sense of the word. The greatest danger that Dick faced when he got the news of terminal cancer was not that he was dying. It was that he was dying without knowing for sure that he had a shepherd who would guide him home. That was his greatest danger. The greatest question at the moment we walked into Dick and Nancy's home was not how long does Dick have to live, but is Dick at peace with the shepherd or ready to make peace? And in that moment when Dick recognized that he needed God, Everything else he thought he had needed up to that point in his life, and it was very clear as he talked about that, he was, he was letting go. Everything else that he thought he needed up to that time and point in his life was going to be taken care of, and it paled in comparison to what he had received when he received Christ. It was clear that Dick knew that Christ was all he needed in those last days. And for this reason, that Jesus is our shepherd, We can walk without fear through the shadows of death. Shadows that sometimes whisper threats 
Shadows that sometimes bring memories we'd like to forget. Shadows that sometimes bring regrets. Shadows that sometimes move as if they're going to haunt us. Shadows that seem alive with memories that we again would like to forget. But they cannot harm us any more than death can anymore. For the follower of Jesus is no more at risk of those shadows and the dangers they seem to bring. Why? Because what death was meant to be when it emerged from the pit of hell on that day we lost our innocence in Eden has been stripped away by the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep by entering the fires of death himself so that his flock at the day of their death would know that death was only a shadow and not the real thing. For the one who turns to Christ as their shepherd, death no longer has victory, death no longer has a sting. Not for Sonia, who served Christ faithfully for many years, and not for Dick, who gave himself to Christ just at the nick of time. Because it is always the will of God that no matter who it is, that none, 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 and no one should ever perish. And I often think of the story of the thief on the cross and his simple prayer, have mercy on me. And in that moment, Jesus rushes towards him. Turning to Christ is not complicated. It was clear that Dick's heart, for example, was soft and ready. The Westminster Catechism repeats, what is our only comfort in life and death? Our only comfort in life and death is that I am not my own, but I belong body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we go back to Psalm 23, we see over and over again as the psalm finishes, it's just more comfort upon more comfort upon more comfort. His rod and their staff, they comfort us. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies, enemies who can no longer haunt us or hurt us, whose threats are no more threatening any more than the shadows of death. He anoints our heads with abundance. Our cups are running over with fullness. Goodness and mercy and love will follow us all the days of our lives. And then we have this grand arrival that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. This passage is so important to us at the day of our death because when we are living and alive with fear and doubt and anxiety, what we think is going to save us is a king. When we are alive with fear and doubt and anxiety, we look not to a shepherd but to a king to protect us, to shore up our, our investments, to secure us. But when we recognize that everything we thought was important is now gone and that we are looking death in the face, what we need is not so much a king to protect us and our stuff, but a shepherd to show us the way home. A shepherd who has gone ahead to prepare a place for us, as Jesus says in John 14. A shepherd who knows his sheep. A shepherd who has given his life for his sheep. As I close, I just want to note, I heard two regionally known, well-known leaders this week say two things, separate contexts. Both simple, but I thought incredibly profound in the context of the church and the world today. The first one said, I'm afraid our people have forgotten their homeland. I'm afraid our people have forgotten their homeland. And the second, in a different context, said, we are always wanting a king. We are always wanting a king. 
What's interesting to me is that those who know they are dying have no trouble remembering their homeland. Those who know they are dying have no trouble remembering their true homeland. And the last thing they call for is a king. No, their eyes are suddenly fixed on the eternal, not the temporal anymore. Their hearts are now given to the only one who can get us from here to there. I've used the testimonies of Sonia and Dick today because they most recently exemplify what can happen when we suddenly get word that we're dying. That what was important now, or what was important earlier, becomes not so important anymore. And suddenly what was not so important becomes important to us. I'd just like to leave you with this question. What would change within you and within us if we lived the rest of our days as if we had six months left to live? What would change within you and within us if we lived the rest of our days as if we were going to have six months to live? As if we are going to die sooner rather than later. I suspect if we lived that way, we would not forget our homeland. And I suspect if we lived that way, we would cry not for a king, but for a shepherd to show us home. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you indeed are our shepherd. You indeed also are our king, the truest king we need, but the king who is also the lamb. The king who gave himself up was not the kind of king we ever look for mostly, but the king who gave himself, who surrendered himself to death so that we could walk that journey home with you. Help us not to be afraid of the day of our death, but to live as if, in fact, it is closer rather than further away, calling out to you, our shepherd, day after day after day, to show us the way and to lead us all home. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing this response song and think about Jesus as our shepherd as we sing it. Jesus said if, that if I thirst, I should come to him. Jesus said if I am weak, I should come to him. Jesus said that if I fear, I should come to him. And last, Jesus said if I am lost, he will come to me. The good shepherd, he rescues us when we are lost.
said that if I fear, I should come to Him. No one else can be my shield, I should come to Him. For the Lord is good and faithful, He will keep us day and night. said, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on the cross, he will come to me. For the Lord is good and faithful, he will keep us safe. Jonathan and Claire introduced that incredibly beautiful song to us a couple of months ago. I wondered if you would sing it this morning. It seems so appropriate, so thank you. I've listened to it over and over and over again. We're going to dismiss in a moment. You can sit, sit down. We're going to dismiss in a moment. The children will be dismissed to the multipurpose space, uh, children's two years old through fifth grade for a time of children's ministry. The multipurpose space is down the steps and to the left. Um, those of you who would be interested in discussing the sermon, which is what we're doing for a, f- a number of weeks here, following the 10.30, from, so from 10.30 to 11 um, is the next block of time. And um, there's a, several questions for discussion on the front of your program. And uh, we're, that group is going to be meeting behind the soundboard. So there's a room back here uh, to my right where we'll be meeting. Thank you for being here. It's wonderful to see you all. May you experience Christ as your shepherd this week. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your unwavering love for us. Thank you that you are always sitting by the door waiting for us just to crack it open to you. We pray that our hearts would always be open to your work, to your will, to your spirit. Bless these folks today and those who are listening at home or will be listening later. These brothers and sisters, we just ask for strength and comfort and peace and all that they need this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go in his peace. Thank you.